The entire team at Emsolation want to acknowledge that we are gathered on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We want to recognise that we are recording and telling our stories on the stolen land of our country's first storytellers. We wish to pay our respects to all Wurundjeri elders and ancestors and to extend that respect to any First Nations peoples who listen to Emsolation. We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. You're about to hear an exclusive episode of In Conversation with Sunny Jane Wise from our premium service, Emsolation Extra. There's never been a better time to join our extra family. You can sign up for less than $2 a week on a yearly plan and you'll get two bonus episodes a week delivered to you in an exclusive feed via your favourite podcast app, Instagram close friends access, 20% off our merch, pre-sale ticket access and so much more. You can sign up now at emsolation.supercast.com. Extra. 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 It's Emsolation Extra. Sunny Jane Wise. Wise. Yeah. Wise. Growing up, it was not so wise. But you are. (laughs) Thank you. You have taught me more in the last year than anyone. Uh, truly. Wow, I didn't even realise that you knew of my existence. Thank you. Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> of course I know of your existence. Uh, you are an advocate, an author, a radical, a shit stirrer. <laughs> yes. You're all of those things <laughs> and um, you have a huge social media presence. You've become, you've become a bit of a beacon for me in terms of you've pushed my boundaries quite a bit. Oh, you're welcome. Mm. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I get that response a lot. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> You've got a book that's now let's start by saying you are you're an overachiever in the neurodivergence category. Mm. I mean, you've got bingo Yahtzee. You've <laughs> yeah. got all of them yeah. nearly, right? A lot, yeah. Let's let's talk about your your brain. What are we yeah. what are we working with here? Oh gosh. Well, Autism. Autism, ADHD, obviously dyslexia, uh, dyscalculia, dysgraphia, um, then obviously OCD, eating disorder, bipolar, um, ARFID, BPD, NPD and PTSD, but that's entwined with NPD and BPD. So I think that covers it. Anything left? Wow. Gotta cash them all. Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) We can sit here and laugh about our brains. You cannot laugh at us, but we can. If it applies to you, you can make fun of it. That's the rule. That's yeah. how comedy works, yeah. as you I know. actually, like, funny enough, I had, like, my first book launch party uh, uh, Saturday night and my mum was in the audience and I was had I did a speech and I was just like, you know, I um, just want to give a shout-out and say thank you to my mum. Like, you know, without your genetics and parenting, I wouldn't have the brain I have today. So, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Pressing the shade button. <laughs> you have written a book. You speak of a book launch and the title is so antagonistic <laughs> and you it's what knew I do that. best. Yeah. <laughs> Let, you, you, uh, yep, go. What's the title of your – and it's a, gra- it's a great book. It's a, first of all, I want to say I leaf through it often. I check myself in there. It's, 
it's good. But what, why did you choose to call this blessed thing? It's called We're All Neurodiverse because people keep using neurodiverse and neurodivergent interchangeably and they don't mean the same thing. So I decided to say we're all neurodiverse so people get the point. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Because we're all neuro... So neurodivergence as a word only came to my attention when I was writing my National Press Club address because I was really shitty with the term attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like saying that. Valid. Because it's bullshit. It's not true. mm -mm, It doesn't describe my lived experience. In fact, I believe it minimises it. Yeah. And I'm looking around, looking around, and I find neurodivergence, an umbrella term. So can you explain the difference? Okay, first of all, neurodiverse. When you say we're all neurodiverse, put that in like... Simple terms. So obviously uh, neurodivergent refers to anyone who functions in a way that diverges from neuronormativity. Um, and not everyone is neurodivergent. Not everyone diverges from neuronormativity. Um, whereas neurodiverse, we're, we're all neurodiverse because we are all a part of neurodiversity. Neurodiversity is just a simple fact that every single brain is different. Every single mind is unique. There's a variety of minds. We're all neurodiverse, neurodivergent and neurotypical, but we're not all neurodivergent. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. I don't even know where to start. So you've written this book. You've called it something controversial. Yeah. <laughs> and did you have... Did you have any blowback once people saw it? Did you did you start? Yeah, getting- there's definitely people who've been like, "Isn't we're all neurodiverse exactly like we're all a little bit autistic?" And that's when I get to hop in and be like, "Actually, no." And here's why. Can you keep going on that? Yeah. Because so people, I get yeah, that a lot. Yeah, people like so we're all neurodiverse. We are all a part of neurodiversity, but obviously that's not the same as saying we're all a little bit autistic because autistic and neurodiverse aren't interchangeable. When people, uh, if I said we're all neurodivergent, that would be the same as we're all a little bit autistic. Mm. Um, but we are all neurodiverse and anyone who says otherwise does not understand the definition mm. of neurodiverse. Also, we're speaking with someone who has a degree in psychology, just so we know that they know their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, though, like, obviously, the psych, my psych degree didn't tell me anything about neurodiversity and neurodivergence. It taught me how to pathologize neurodivergence, but, you know, I didn't learn this stuff. It just, you know, gave me the skills to, I guess, I don't know, research and be curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm grateful that you have those skills Thank and you, you research <laughs> and you are curious. You were early diagnosed. Mm-hmm different to a lot of the people who'd be listening today. A lot of the people that have found me are late diagnosed uh, women, AFAB non-binary. So as we always say, everyone that isn't a straight white guy. Um, <laughs> and we, we were talking about it before that your experience is so different to mine, yet we will get lumped into the same category all the time. And the reason I find talking about ADHD and autism, which is my experience with neurodivergence, and obviously you have more of the umbrella terms within your Credentials. Um, <laughs> Brain credentials. <laughs> Brain credentials, yes. I think um, we were talking about the fact that people who were diagnosed in the 80s and the 90s, do you think are worse off? I mean, when you compare, would, would you rather have been diagnosed now or when you were? Because you were diagnosed when you were young. Yeah. I, uh, I would, I think... I probably would have preferred to be diagnosed now. Mm. Um, 
Like if I was like, you know, eight years old again, I would have preferred to be diagnosed now. Yeah. Um, purely because getting diagnosed in the 90s, can I swear? Yes. Was a fucking shit show. Yeah. It was horrible. Mm. It was... We didn't have, like, because, you know, I got diagnosed in 1999. Well, between 1997 and 1999. And obviously neurodiversity and neurodivergence was only just introduced in 1998. And so we didn't have access to uh, that understanding of uh, neurodiversity or neurodivergence. We didn't even have an understanding of an affirming uh, understanding of like autism. We didn't have a strength-based approach. It was deficit, deficit, deficit. It was stereotype after stereotype. And because of that, you know, I was shoved into social skills. I was shoved into ABA. I uh, only ever heard really bad things to the point that I believed the worst about autism. Like I remember being in my early 20s, believing uh, autism needed to be fixed or cured, which is so different to how I think now. But I only thought that way because of what I was told. Mm. I was told, you know, really bad things about myself that obviously led to the exclusion and bullying and, you know, low self-esteem and self-harm and suicide and just everything, Mm. you know, it's... And then obviously, you know, the people around me, because they didn't have an affirming understanding of autism, that impacted me. Mm. So, yeah, terrible. Um, You have (laughs) lived a life for a 31-year-old. Yeah. I just want to say congratulations on sitting opposite me in a fabulous tracksuit. Thank you. A (laughs) fully formed adult, an accomplished author. I'll call you an academic. Because (laughs) I hope that you go back and remind eight-year-old Sonny how far they've come. I hope you have done, have you been, have you done any of that work yet? Because I got to know a little bit about you through listening to you on other podcasts and reading your book and you have not, people could not comprehend how far you have come and the things you have overcome and not just your own brain makeup. Yeah. Things that have happened to you in your life. Mm. Do you ever think back to eight-year-old Sunny and say we're okay? Actually, no. Um, I think I find it really hard to like talk to eight-year-old Sunny. Um, so I don't feel this like very Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> what would you say to her? I have to talk to ten-year-old M most days because I had to make friends with her. Yeah. Because ten-year-old M hated herself. Yeah. So yeah. I've part of my kind of healing work yeah. is going back and visiting her a lot. Oh, shit, fuck. Maybe I should go back to therapy. I do <laughs> this man, to people. Man, maybe I need to do some inner child work. <laughs> well, I feel like I ended up becoming the parent and carer and person I wish I had at 10. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's yeah. kind of yeah. what I've become. I've realised this that I've worked super hard and made it my mission. And I think... I've definitely reclaimed, like, a lot. Like, obviously, like, I'm never going to become a parent, so I can't ever become the parent that I wanted to be. You can parent yourself. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I'm not joking. <laughs> you deserve that. Yeah. You know, I think I think I'd just like to be, like, you know... I never had friends, so I feel like, you know, I'd like to be that friend, that yeah. hero, that person that, you know, when eight-year-old is walking past being like, oh, my God, I want to be there when I grow up. Like, mm, yeah, mm. that's pretty yeah. good enough for me. You've become, yeah. like, I think that eight-year-old yeah. Sunny would love who you are. Yeah, because I think, yeah, eight-year-old Sunny was like, 
uh, I'm like, I'm not sure if I told you, but I'll share again. But like, I remember because I'm I went to seven different primary schools. Well, no, yes, we, seven I didn't know this. Let's talk oh, about. Okay. Let's talk yeah. about eight year old son. I went to seven different primary schools because, uh, like, my you know mum moved a lot because life and you know I was like bullied a lot and like <laughs> suspended a lot so we just we were always moving schools and homes because you know being poor then just having poor experiences and that and so I honestly I feel like that contributed to my lack of social skills <laughs> um <Yes. laughs> anyone would struggle I know, right yeah any yeah. person put in that situation of starting how many times seven seven yeah again yeah. As a kid. Yeah. And kids are assholes. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, be kids real. Kids are so assholes. Kids are the worst. They really are. So, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. straight away, It's anybody. going to be hard. Mm. And I remember one of the schools I went to, um, I didn't know, I, obviously I struggled to make friends. And so I thought it would be a brilliant idea at recess to go to a playground and in the floor of the playground where, you know, it's covered in bark chips to trace a giant ass pentagram in the... In, in the bark chips and tell everyone I was a witch. It did not make me any friends. What? <laughs> but I thought, what? like, back then I thought that I was, like, the coolest thing I could have done. I, I really thought it would work and yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, I loved witches. <laughs> I used to cast spells to try and get people to be friends with me. Yep. If I'd have seen you drawing a giant-ass pentagram, <laughs> I would have said, they are my people. See, exactly. And that's why I think, you know what, like, you know, eight-year-old me... I, they were onto something Aww. here. So. <laughs> do you know what I fantasise about starting a school for kids like us? Yeah. I really do. I'm facing primary school for my youngest in a year and I'm the panic is I'm, I'm just, I've already stopped sleeping a year out yeah. because I can see how that system is going to crush him. Yeah. And I dream about starting a school. That's why I had hope for those, what are they called? Like Montessori. Montessori, yeah. And they, they, they're actually not neurodiversity affirming. They are not great for neurodivergent people. Like, mm. as like, like I thought they could be. They're slightly better. They're slightly better, but Because both of my no. girls went to <laughs> yeah. them and they're, they're slightly better. They're better. Because we had experience but, with yeah. mainstream men. But the Steiner model is seems to be the most promising for us. Yeah. But in terms of a school that starts at 11, that, you know, has unstructured and structured time, that's, that's quiet spaces and, and interest-based learning, not important-based learning, you know, those uh, kind of things. Yeah. I dream And there's multiple about. ways to learn, yes. multiple ways to engage. There's flexibility. There's options. Yeah, let's apply maths yeah. to unicorns. And you know yeah. what? It is possible. Totally. Possible to turn every special interest into a lesson. To yeah, it is. I know. And if you if you can't, then that's on you and your <laughs> lack of creativity. <laughs> so we're doing inner child work. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about how things are very hard for you, and I want to understand how you've gone from. I mean, you've had a shitty fucking time, and the hmm. stuff that we won't talk about that I know about. How do you go from, how are you not angry all the time? How oh, I you am. Become, oh, I'm just okay. directing it in a really <laughs> slightly healthy way. But when did the advocacy start? When, how does one flip from only being taught that neurodivergence is negative and it's all deficit? Mm. How do you flip from that to warrior of neurodivergence justice, which is what you are? How did you, when did that shift happen? Honestly, the shift happened between 2016 and 2018. Right. Um, and then from 2019, it was just diving into advocacy work. So there was a, obviously a, 
various things I contributed. One of them was um, in 2016, I uh, got diagnosed, like in addition to all my other diagnoses, got diagnosed with bipolar and BPD. Mm -hmm. And this was very significant for me because a a close person in my life uh, committed suicide. Um, They got a diagnosis of uh, BPD and in their eyes, they were like, you know, there's no coming back from this. Mm. And so they they felt like there was no hope for so them. So BPD is borderline personality yeah. disorder. But again, shit name. Shit name. Don't take it literally. No. <laughs> sounds like you're on the borderline of having multiple personalities but just not quite over oh, the line yeah. yet. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous name. But anyway, and, and it comes with a lot of stigma, a lot of stereotypes, yeah. a really bullshit narrative. And so, you know... Often it feels like, you know, it's just, it's a death sentence. Mm. It's like, there's no hope for you, blah, blah, blah. And so when I got the bipolar and BPD diagnosis, I was like, like, you know, I had the same thoughts. I'm like, hang on, like, there's no hope for me. Like, I am permanently broken. And, you know, I... uh, I'm really stubborn and just really defiant that Mm. I needed to push back against that. Mm. That is like, hang on, you know what? Like, no, no, I'm not broken. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I first was introduced to Drop the Disorder movement. um, Oh, what's that? uh, So it's an anti-psychiatry movement that is similar to the neurodiversity movement in the sense that it they don't believe anyone is disordered, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Uh, but they can you put in the caveat of you can be you're not disordered, but you can be disabled. Oh yes, yeah. disorder and disabled are not inter- interchangeable Excellent. terms. Please um, teachable moments, Sunny. <laughs> Te- well, explain that a bit further because genuinely you'll be teaching people listening now. So yeah. disordered and disabled. Yeah. So disorder is well for lack of a better term, is a social construct based on the idea that there is a normal brain, that there is a normal way to function. And if you do not function according to this way, if you have, if you diverge in any way, you're labelled with a disorder, that there's something wrong with your brain. You have an illness or disease. Um, And it's very problematic. Um, Whereas obviously uh, with disabled, um, it's saying that, you know, you don't, you might not have the same skills or the same opportunities and uh, there are some things that you cannot do or that you need support doing. Got it. And I think, you know, disability is a part of diversity. Mm -hmm. Uh, 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 Being disabled is a part of the human experience. Mm. I think everyone will end up disabled at some point where Mm. they might not be able to do certain things or they will need support Mm. to do things. Mm. I love that you've differentiated this because oftentimes you see in the hardcore autism mums, the, the Pollyannaing of autism and saying, yeah. oh, no, it's, it's all, it's, if, you say, if you say something super positive about it, then you're minimising the fact that it's actually a disability. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, I think both can be true. But also if you're aligning disability with a negative, then that's your internalised ableism yes. coming through, right? Because that's on you. Yeah. Deep <laughs> down we know how much our society maligns and marginalises people with disability and we don't want to be associated with that word. Yeah. We don't even know we have that bias because it's so deeply ingrained with this. We genuinely us. expect every person to be able to do everything. Yes. Um, and you know what? We shouldn't have, we shouldn't expect everyone to be able to do everything. Mm. That's not fair, but society is set up in a way that where, you know, people do have to do everything. Oh, you really, we'll get into how you've just blown my head <laughs> off in terms of all the executive function stuff. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
It's Emsolation Extra. 